Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be starting in verse 1. And actually, we're reading quite a bit today. We're reading 18 verses. So, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others' trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others' their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I remember growing up, every single meal that I ate, I would sit there with my family and they would say, okay, who's going to pray for our meal? And so ingrained in me since the time of my birth, every meal I eat, I had to say a prayer. In fact, to the, same, to the same very day, I cannot eat a meal without my conscience being stricken unless I pray before that meal first. So in the third grade, I'm in the cafeteria, and I remember what I would do is I would wait till kind of no one's really looking, and then I would turn to the side maybe a little bit, and just very quickly, uh, God, thank you for the sandwich. I really appreciate it. Amen. Scared to think that my friends could see me praying out loud. Another time in the seventh grade, my youth group um, talked about, hey, tomorrow is National Day of Prayer. We will see you 
at the flagpole, the prayer round. Everyone tried to get there a little early. And I remember my bus usually got there half an hour early before school started. And we were driving up, and there was already people around the flagpole. And my friends, who were my best friends at the time, who didn't go to church, said, look at all those weirdos praying. Oh, my gosh, I would never do that. And I felt very ashamed that day that I walked right past all my friends in my youth group who were around the flagpole praying. I said, I just don't want to deal with what my friends would say about me. Those are examples in my life where I was afraid to show my light, afraid of my righteousness, of what people might say about me. When I was a sophomore in high school, they gave me a guitar and they said, hey, we want you to play in our worship team. I said, oh, that sounds great. I love it. Practicing my chords, you know, my strum patterns. I got like seven songs down. I'm like, okay, week one, go up there. And it took me a while to start learning and eventually, by uh, my junior year, I became the leader of our youth band. And I got pretty good for as good as a junior high school can get, I guess. Um, and I remember at times... In front of like the youth group, in front of like all my friends, I would like do certain things that would make people joke. I remember one time I accidentally repeated the song like four times, and people just kept like singing over and over and over again. Um, and like the next week, I picked that same song and I very jokingly started to pretend to sing it over, and everyone started laughing. I was like, "Look at me! I play guitar. I'm all cool. I'm up here leading worship." I used to take pride in the fact we'd go to Mexico every spring break and the rule was they required um, one quarter of the trip has to be earned by the sweat of your brow. So you have to earn it. And since we lived in California, we just drove. So the, the Mexico trip that I went on was a lot cheaper than the one you're going on. It's about $250. So you had to come up with, I don't know, $60, $70. And I always said, you know what? I want to earn all the mission trip money on my own. I don't want my parents to pay for anything, so I do all these things. And I usually would raise way more than that, so I'd have a bunch of money to go, you know, barter people with over cheap Mexican souvenirs, like a fake Rolex. And my junior year, I was like up there leading worship. And I was, you know what? I was just thinking about this mission trip that was going on. And, you know, in the last couple of years, I was able to raise all of the money by myself. I didn't need my parents' help. And I think that's such a better way of doing things. You know, in, in retrospect, like, that wasn't me trying to build and encourage people. That was, that was me saying, look what I did. All you peasants, you know, your parents have to write you checks. I earned this trip. Jesus says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. This is the principle that Jesus gives for the next 18 verses. So verse 1 is what he's telling us to do. And verses 2 through 18, he's giving, giving us pra three practical examples of what not to do. Hey, this is what my disciples do. So, so far we've talked about the character of a disciple in the Beatitudes, right? What does, just who we are on the inside... Who is that? Look at the Beatitudes. We talked about the influence that we should have in this world, that you are salt and light. 
We talked about what a Christian's righteousness should look like in six different ways, right? We talked about anger and lust and making and uh, keeping your promises. We talked about righteousness. And now Jesus wants to take a minute and say, but I want you to be clear on something. When it comes to your righteousness and how you live out in the world, I don't want you to be like the hypocrites, the Pharisees, who do all these great things, who say, hey, I raised all this money for the mission trip. Or, hey, man, you see me? Every Sunday after church, I help put away the chairs. Or I've been serving in Sunday school for a certain amount of years. Or I'm nice to people at school. He says, I don't want you to have these righteousness just to be able to toot your own horn. But I find for a second a little bit of a problem. If you look back in chapter 5, Jesus says in verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others. What does it say? So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father is in heaven compared to chapter 6, verse 1, and he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. So there's two things Jesus says. Hey, I want you to, to shine bright so that people can see what you're doing and glorify God. I don't want you to do your righteous acts in front of people so that they may see you and, you know, in a way, promote yourself. Like, whoa, Jesus, what's going on here? Telling me that I should do these things in public, that I should be the salt and light, and yet you're telling me I shouldn't, I should do things in secret. And there's a balance here, what Jesus is trying to promote to us, trying to get us to understand. And before I really explain it, I want to spend a minute just for you guys to just ask a few questions for you to think. When you decide to do something worthwhile regarding your relationship with God. So every time you decide to get in your car and to come to SNL, every time you open up your Bible for your, just by yourself, every time you choose to speak about God to your friends or in your class, every time you sing a song, everything you do worthwhile in your relationship with God, what is your heart's attitude? Something I've found is that when you give people an open mic, and by that, like, kind of a platform just to start talking, people start playing either devil's advocate or they start liking the way their voice sounds out loud, so they just start talking and talking and talking. Or just to be amusing, they might just start asking random questions. And sometimes what I find is we're talking about a lot of things, we're saying and we're doing things, and we're coming to church, and when you really get down to it, like, why, do, why are we even talking about this? Does me asking this question in front of this group really help the group? I went to Bible school for seven years, and I'm telling you, half the questions I heard from my fellow classmates are questions that did not need to be asked. And I would assume that a lot of times those questions were being asked because they wanted to sound smart, they wanted to get the teacher's approval. So we're in small group. 
And we asked some question that, you know, I remember in high school this girl would come up and she would say, well, hey, it says in the Bible that God is a jealous God, but then it also says we can't be jealous. How is that? She didn't want to really know the answer. She didn't really want to sit there and dialogue for it. She just wanted to throw out a bomb to a bunch of people who don't know how to answer this question and say, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't really care about knowing the answer. What is her heart's attitude? I don't really know, but all I know is it's not to try to please God. It is not a heart that says, God, I am concerned about your righteousness. It is not a heart that says, I just want to know God's word so that I can know him better. And sometimes I find myself, and I'm sure some of us might struggle with this, we ask questions, we say things, we do things, and if you search down our heart's attitude, it is not an attitude to say, God, I just want to please you. I want to encourage someone. I really want to be informed on this certain problem or issue in the Bible so that I can better praise God for it. And that's, that's really what Jesus is trying to get us to think about is when you are singing those songs and going to small group and reading your Bible and praying, or if you're, you know, your teacher says something dumb and you stick up your hand and say, no way, you're so wrong, the Bible's... What's your attitude? What's your heart's desire in that moment? So back to this issue of shine your light before men, don't practice your righteousness before men. And, and here's the balance that I've found. And someone, I don't even know whose name said it, but I think says a lot better than I do. I say this. When you're tempted to hide your faith, you should show it. And when you're tempted to show your faith, you should hide it. So when I am tempted to look at the people praying on the flagpole, and I'm tempted to hide my faith and to not be salt and light and to sit there and like, you know, I'm not going to say anything right now in these situations. I'm not going to pray in public. That is the time where Jesus says, you need to be the salt and the light. You need to shine bright for the name of Jesus. You need to let people know that, man, I stand for Jesus. I stand for faith, for grace, for, for his word, for the church. There are times when we're tempted to say, you know, I've read the Bible six times. You don't know that part in Scripture? Man, geez, rookie. Or, you know, I, I, pray, I pray twice a day for 20 minutes each, you know. And, you know, I, I, the last three years, I've raised all this money for mission trips, all on my own. No support letters. Those are the times where we need to hide our faith. Show when you're tempted to hide and hide when you're tempted to show. That is the, the balance that Jesus is trying to say. And to be clear, when Jesus is talking to his audience here, they were much more likely to be the type of people who wanted to show their faith. They would stand on the corner, they would pray. You know, um, if you look down here, it says, do not ring the bells. But when you get to the... Uh, excuse me, what did it say? Oh, when you get to the needy, sound no trumpet before you. You know, like, I don't know what that's an allusion to. A lot of people, like, talk about that. But it might have been something when you put money in this horn and it made a lot of noise. And so you can kind of get certain coins and you'd, like, 
get them in there and shake it up and you're letting the whole world know that, hey, I'm giving money right now. And Jesus' Jesus uh, context here, people, they're always constantly trying to let people know how holy I am. And if you even think about it, Jesus is constantly giving stories in the Gospels saying, you know, the Pharisee and the tax collector went up to pray and the Pharisee is standing out loud and he's praying out loud, God, I thank you that I'm not like everyone else. And Jesus says, no. Do not be like that. Hide your righteousness. If you were ever tempted to say, hey, you know, look at me, I'm a cool Christian, you got it wrong. You're missing the point. But I would say for us in our context, I have an inkling that our tendency isn't to necessarily go in our classrooms and start raising our hands and praying or telling our friends, hey, you know what, I paid all this money to go on this mission trip. What have you done? I think more so our inkling, our tendency, is to hide our faith. As there are plenty of situations in which we could have spoken up and said a few things about the legitimacy of a topic or some moral issue. There are times where a friend is telling us about a problem and we could have said, hey, can I pray for you? Right here, right now, can I just put my hands on you and, and pray? Or even in our small groups, we're tempted to hold things back. We don't ever want to say something that's going to make us feel vulnerable. We're not really going to say something that's going to make us let people know that we actually care and we're, we're here to learn, we're here to encourage and to equip each other. And Jesus says, for those people who have a tendency to hide, we need to show our righteousness. He gives three examples. I'm going to go over just these pretty briefly. The first one is giving to the poor. So truly I say to you, you have received their reward. So Jesus, he says that three different times, right? For the people who like to show their righteousness, for the people who say, you know, I'm going to live my life just so that I can make my name great, live it up. This is all you're getting. You have received your reward. I remember I was talking with my, uh, a friend of mine who's a ministry back in Chicago, and we're talking about if you go into like, some libraries or maybe just like some park area, um, there's names on like plaques and stuff. There's names on bookshelves. And um, it's like this person donated $1,000 and get their name on a wall or something like that. Or at my school, there was like this part of like these bricks everywhere, and there's names and if you go look inside, the, the bricks with the gold names gave 1,000 or more. And the bricks with gray, or they gave 500 or something. And we're talking about this idea of, I'm going to give some, someone some money in order that I can have, leave a legacy, or that my name will be honored. And we talked about that. that that's, that's an okay thing to do. As long as you admit that that's the only reward you're getting from that gift. If you think that I'm going to give $100,000 and they're going to name this park after me, you know, I think of this baseball field that was growing up to me called Ken Bobian's Field. Donated a lot of time and money into getting this baseball diamond all good, uh, straightened up and all this stuff. That's fine. That's great. You want to help society. But don't think that you're going to get the approval of men like, oh, he did a great thing. And you go to God and say, look what I did. Say, no, guess what? You received your reward. 
the reward is given. You, you had your reward. And you know what your, your reward was? People saying, hey, he's a great guy. He did all that. He donated all this money. And Jesus is trying to tell us, listen, we are not supposed to be the people that anytime we're doing something for the kingdom of God, that our name should be promoted. There are plenty of times where we might say this in practice, like, hey, I'm just trying to promote Jesus, man. It's not about me. It's not about Aaron's name being great. It's about, it's about Jesus. Sounds great on paper, right? There are times where we'll be at like a restaurant and I'll, you know, maybe I had a good night and tips the night before and I'll tip a good, I'll tip a good amount, right? Like far and above 20%. And I will not leave until they come and actually pick it up. Or I'll I'll hand it to them. Here you go. This is for you. Because I want them to see how much I tip them. Right? Like, yeah, come on. Come say thanks. Come on. I know none of you know that because high schoolers probably don't tip a lot. Um, the thing is, you don't tip. I'm, I'm saying you probably don't put it in situations where you have to tip a lot. That's more what I meant to say. But I want to be noticed for what I did. It is a very, very hard thing to do to serve behind the scenes. To serve when no one is looking. How many of you just when you see a need, you don't need to be asked. You just go and do it, and you don't need anyone to come and say, hey, good job, thank you. You know, but there's times we'll do something, like, man, I did all that work, and then even say thanks. Come on. You see, the righteousness that Jesus wants is the righteousness that says, I want to please God in secret. That glorifies the name of Jesus. And when we seek to have um, people respond to us or give us things, we're not really being true to I just want Jesus' name to be glorified. We want us to be known. We want the server to see what we did for them. We want people to know, hey, by the way, that, that surprise gift in your office, yeah, that was actually me. Well, dude, why'd you tell me that, man? And so Jesus, you know, he's trying to be descriptive. And he says, I mean, you know, when you're giving... You're offering, don't wave it around. And you know, it's, it's literally impossible for your, you know, I've seen people like, they'll like get their tithe or something and they, they put it in the right hand and you know, it's like, I'm not even going to let my left hand, like, okay, you know what you're giving. Don't be like, Jesus isn't trying to like promote like a certain way, like when you give your offering, you have to do it a certain way. Like, he's trying to tell you this, like, any righteousness you do in secret really shows what your heart is about. Your heart is to please God and nothing else. Have you ever done something nice for someone and they never knew about it and you never had to go and tell them and you never had to receive some, hey, good job, you're an awesome person. She says, that's what I'm looking for. Someone who gives in secret. And, so, you know, something, as I even think about this, this is kind of top of my head, I hear a lot of people say something like, well, Christianity isn't a religion, it's a what? Relationship, they say. Which I say... <coughs> okay, someone say it funny or something like that? Okay, yeah. It's fun. 
I hear that a lot, though. And, and technically, that's not true, right? So in a way, maybe it is, okay? So if you're trying to say, in the fact that it's not a religion, Christianity transcends religion in that it is all about a personal encounter with Jesus, and we don't actually have to do things. We rely on Jesus' righteousness for our own. And yes, in that sense, it is a just, it's a relationship. But also, there are religious things that God wants us to do. There are things that we are asked to do that many religions do, such as get to the poor, pray, and fast. And if you notice something, he doesn't say, if you give to the poor, if you pray, or if you fast. He says, when you do these things. So there are things that Jesus assumes that we will be doing. I know what it's like to be in high school and have no money. Right? Or have very little money and you want to make it stretch as long as you possibly can. I had this little, like, once a week, mowed my neighbor's lawn, I got 20 bucks. I'm like, my goal is to make this last till Monday. It lasts till Friday. Like, like always, right? I get 20 bucks, gone by Friday. I don't even know how. My parents would always ask me, like, where does it go, Aaron? I'm like, I don't know. I had a girlfriend. Yeah. Amy. It's all her fault. Um, But let me ask you, I'm sure there are times for your birthday or for Christmas you might get a little bit of money. I'm sure every once in a while some of you might be asked to babysit or do some yard work. And I know a lot of you right now are putting money away for the mission trip, which is awesome. But I'm sure there are times where you get some personal money. Your parents might give you some allowance. And I wonder how many of you are in a habit of giving? of giving to the church or giving to someone in need. Tithing. I remember I, my parents would tell me to tithe. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to say it this way. I get 20 bucks a week. So that would be $2, 10%, right? All I'm saying, all I'm saying is 2 bucks is a lot to me and that's really like nothing to God. Like, what is God going to do with 8 bucks? And of course, you can give me like the generic, well, it doesn't really matter. It's about your heart. I didn't think it was important for me to give. But Jesus says, when you give. It's a little, little thing to think about there, right? Prayer, right? He goes on, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. And so I'm reminded of those two events they have a year, National Day of Prayer and a thing called See You at the Pole. Does you guys at school, like, have you guys ever seen that happen? People bring on the flagpole? No? Yes? Is it a yes or is it a no? Does it, does it happen and you may have not seen it or it does not happen? Ah. So the question is, are those people guilty of doing what Jesus says right here not to do? Praying so that people can see you like, oh, look at me, I'm praying in front of everyone else. Well, the key word there is hypocrite. Hypocrite, you know, the idea that it used to come from a theater background that someone would put on a mask and a disguise and they're pretending to be someone who they're not. So the idea is when these people would go pray on the corner, they are jumping into a costume, they're jumping into a lifestyle who they weren't really are, who they weren't really they are really being in their off time. So they pray, okay, I'm done praying, back to being who I am. 
again, I don't think our tendency in this group is to go on the corner of Black Lake and Cooper Point and raise our hands and start worshiping and praying on the corner, you know. Our society is a lot different than that. What does he say? But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Sometimes we pray here at youth group. We pray in church. We might pray in small group. Pray in a Bible study. Which is good and fine. The question I have for you is how often do you find yourself praying when you're by yourself in your room? When no one is around? Do your thoughts go up to God? Do you have a place where in church we talked about this this morning I guess a little bit do you have a place that's yours where you go to and no one's going to bother you and you sit there and you want to spend time with God and when your father who sees you in secret will reward you now, he said that twice now what, what does he mean by that reward when you give to the poor says, if you don't do it in a way that the hypocrites do, God will reward you. If you pray in a quiet place when it's just you and God, he will reward you. What, what's that reward? The other people, he clearly says, your reward is that you know, you'll be well known. Maybe you'll have a lot of money. Maybe you'll have a lot of nice things on earth. But guess what? And I said, like, live it up. Because that's all you're getting. You hypocrites. Live it up. You know, I look at these people in Hollywood sometimes. Like, You have received your reward in full. This is it. Some churches, they might promote, hey, if you come to God, he's going to give you all these different things. He's going to give you the big house. See, the problem with that is not that they are offering too much. Oh, God's never going to give me a house. It's the problem is they're offering not enough. To have earthly rewards, I mean, who cares? At the end of the day, like, we'll talk about this later, store yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. Invest into... Eternal things. And prayer is one of those things where we can invest eternally. And he will reward us. What he, will he reward us of? The things we pray about. When we give to the needy and when we give to things that are good causes, when we help donate money to missions and to missionaries, what will he reward us of? Of seeing those needs actually being met. If you truly cared about the needy or the homeless man and you gave to him, God will make that happen. He will, he will cause those needs to go away. And that's the reward I think he's talking about. But one last thing he talks about is fasting. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. It's a very common thing, you know. They would, oh my gosh, I'm famished. And they would do certain things. To, you just like, dude, that dude has not eaten. Man, look at that guy. And what, what people did, the Pharisees back then, they would fast twice a week. Twice a week. So we recently just did a fast, most of us, right? For 30 hours. And I, I guess I, I was pleased to see that, although some of us were maybe tired, none of us 
went around like, oh my gosh, I am so, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I think maybe not with fasting. Sometimes maybe in worship we seem to at times not take it seriously. At times we take it too seriously. We put on a front. To me, I'm closing my eyes. I'm worshiping, singing these songs. Yet at home or during the week, I never have a worshipful word in my mouth at all. We can sing all the songs, we can know all of them, we can sing to Caleb, yet it can mean nothing, right? Jesus says, listen, what he wants out of you is he wants something that is authentic. He wants something that is real, that is lasting, that isn't fake or phony, that's not just an act. He wants something that's going to really grip this world. That's going to be different. And I'm curious to knowing how many of you have ever fasted from something. I mean, I guess apart from the 30-hour fan that we did, right? If these are things that Jesus assumes that we're going to do, have you ever in your life said, you know what, I want to give up a certain thing in my life that I can draw closer to God? You know, maybe for, for 30 days, I'm going to try to get rid of as much entertainment and as much social media as I can and take that time and invest it into getting closer to God. Or to actually fast from food, from sunrise to sunset. Every time I feel myself being hungry or, or wanting food, I'm going to be reminded that this is my soul being hungry for God. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Uh, I had a good friend in high school, Bubba, who liked to fast, and there were plenty of times where, hey man, you want some food? Oh no, you know what? I'm fasting today. It's like one time at youth group, everyone's like, oh yeah, Bubba's fasting today. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard he's fasting today. Like, That's not what we're supposed to do. Oh yeah, you know what, so-and-so is not on Facebook for 30 days. And I, people I, sometimes would see like, hey guys, I'm taking a break from Facebook for two months and um, just to draw closer to God, I don't really need this. I mean, if you just decide to get rid of Facebook for these days, that's fine. But if you're going to do it as a spiritual discipline, you don't need to promote it to the world. Right? Show when you're tempted to hide and hide when you're tempted to show. Jesus wants something that is real and authentic. And sometimes we are so guilty at either having an opportunity to pray for someone or to speak the truth or to share the gospel or say, you know what, actually I'm not like that. I don't do those things. And we lose our influence that we can have. But so many times maybe in this group, in this room, we're at church, it feels good to be applauded. It feels good to say, yeah, I know I'm pretty good at reading the Bible out loud, or I'm pretty good at praying. Yeah, you know, it feels good to know that I raised all that money and someone noticed. She says, don't do it. Do you know why? Because your reward will be nothing. Your reward will be nothing. Let's pray.
Jesus, I pray that we would show our righteousness when we're tempted to hide it, and that, God, we would hide our righteousness when we're tempted to show it. Jesus, teach us what it means to be your disciple. And God, I thank you for this group. I thank you so much for every single person who is here tonight. God, I pray you draw us back into just a humble, a humble and loving relationship with you. Jesus, I pray these students would learn to be obedient to you in every way possible. God, thank you so much for your grace and for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.